Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted today? Our last podcast was about being happy just because. And we spoke about learning what our children's triggers are and what our triggers are so that we can be happy just because. And it was quite an in-depth podcast. So I would suggest listening to it. And this is sort of the part two of it, if you will. But if you haven't listened to it, you can still listen along to this one and you'll get tons of good information out of it. But basically what we need to realize is that we need to get ourselves and our children to the point of being happy just because no matter what's happening around them and who they're dealing with. So how do we do that? We have to really teach our kids and ourselves (laughs) that we only have control over our own reactions. So you cannot control another person's negativity or their anxiousness or whatever story they've created. We can only control our reaction to it. So I don't know which podcast it was in. Oh, it was in my why podcast. And in my why podcast, I shared that I wanted to do this line of work, which has been teaching and training and working with parents and kids because I had seen a friend of mine growing up get to the place where she was so unhappy in her world and in her story that she was living in and had created that she committed suicide. And I wanted to be able to help people to get to a place where say it was that they were traumatically abused, that they could say, hi, my name is Sarah and I was abused, just as they would say, hi, my name is Sarah and I had a piece of chocolate. And I wanted to do that not to minimize what my friend went through at all but to help people so that when they do get into those situations because life does happen we do have circumstances and situations that happen to us and unless we can minimize through the effect that it's having on us and the reaction we have to us to it sorry we could live our lives in hell essentially. We could create all these stories and walk around in those stories and that's what happened to my friend which is why she took her own life. And so not to be morbid or go to the extreme negative but I really wanted to be able to help people have their story but just know that it's their story and not live in it but instead control it and have the power over their lives. And I really want you to do that for you and for your kids. And so anyways, um, how do we get to be happy just because no matter what's going on around us? Well, in life, we're going to have people that we deal with and they're going to rub us the wrong way. And the key is to treat what they're saying as though it's exactly what you wanted to hear. So this is tip number one for you. If you're asking your child to get ready for bed and they give you some attitude about it, you know what? Just take out their tone and their volume and their 
no <laughs> and pretend like they're saying yes. If you've already envisioned that they're saying yes and they're going to do it, then your tone and everything back to them is not going to egg on the fight, right? Or edge, put the fight up to an edgy place. I'm losing an analogy there, but you know, if your child is arguing with you and you start to argue back, it's probably just going to add fuel to a fire as opposed to your child says, no, I'm not going to brush my teeth. And you respond like, okay, great. So are you going to brush them now? Or are you brushing them after you go to the washroom or after you get your book into bed or after your pajamas on? So you're just like, oh, well, they're going to do it. And you know they're going to do it. So instead of arguing with them about doing it, give them an option as to maybe when they can do it in a certain time frame. But you're acting like, well, they already said that they're going to do it. So I don't even engage in those sorts of things. I mean, I'm not perfect. I do engage. There are times where I not engage. But overall, if you treat the person as though they're saying what you want to hear, you're going to get to that point a lot quicker than if you escalate something. Um, my youngest son, as I've shared in previous podcasts, he can get fiery kind of quickly. And uh, he knows that uh, that can be a trigger to me. And so we have had conversations about triggers and I know that's one of my triggers. And um, it's kind of funny because he knows that now too, because we've had the conversation. And so when I get angry back, it's just, like I said, adds fuel to the fire. And so now when I'm being calm back to him, he kind of doesn't know what to do with it. (laughs) He thinks, well, I'm not getting that same reaction. So I don't know what to do. And so it's, been a very good strategy in our house um, to use the um, calmness and the demeanor as though he had just said that he was going to go brush his teeth. And um, we have natural consequences if our kids don't do our things. So, I mean, they can be reminded of that. But if I start with the positive, like, oh, okay, so you're not going to brush them right at this exact moment, but you're going to brush them just after you've gotten your book. Yeah, no problem. And don't even react to it then that's a way that I maintain my happy just because state. Um, And it doesn't fuel his. And so he realizes, right, I have to do this. So I might as well just decide when I'm going to do it. And it gives him a little bit of power back. Um, When the other strategies don't work, you can use humor. So humor always works. I think I shared in my last podcast that if uh, my kids start arguing, I would simply... um, say, okay, join hands and sing Kumbaya. And not that I don't want them to argue, but one time that it happened, and when we started doing this, it was because it was in the car and it was very distracting. Um, And so I wanted them to stop in that moment and deal with it later or talk calmly about it. So we did that. We used some humor in that situation. Another way is to actually just reflect back. So my child who's fiery or my child who gets very emotional, I'll just, and gosh, look at that. I just did it. Emotion, right? I said my child who gets fiery and then my child who gets emotional and emotional by emotional there, I meant teary. So both are emotional reactions. So my child who gets fiery or my child who gets teary, I need to give them the same respect, right? And acknowledge that. So I see that you're getting upset about this and do you know why? Or do we need to explore why? get curious with them. And the answer may not be there right in that moment, but have them start questioning it too and seeing if there's any pattern to their triggers as to why they're getting so upset. You aren't responsible for that upsetness. 
they need to realize that they're responsible for it, but why not acknowledge it and talk to them about it? It's just a loving act of compassion. And you want to teach your child to be um, loving and give them compassion for others. And so why not do that? And it's amazing how um, doing that with your chil- children, you see them do that with others. And so I've been doing that with Marley, my youngest, since he was very young because he's just fiery. And um, I didn't know what to do with fiery because I'm so not fiery. Um, And I mean, I guess I'm passionate. So maybe that could be seen as fiery by some people, but I'm not anger fiery and he's more anger fiery. And so I just wasn't used to that. And um, there's a whole reason behind why I wasn't used to that, but it definitely was a trigger for me. So I had to give him extra compassion in that I needed to realize that it was an emotion and where it was coming from and help him figure that out. Because I was so empathetic with him in that respect, he is the kid that in class, if there's somebody who's crying or there's a new kid or there's somebody that's not being asked for the gym team, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, he seeks them out and helps them. And um, not to like be braggy, but he's a popular kid. He's social and he's athletic and he, you know, is academically does well. And so it's not like he's in that category of being somebody who um, doesn't fit in or feels that they don't fit in. And I'm not saying because he has those characteristics, he fits in. I'm just saying he does fit in in school and, you know, he has a lot of friends and yet he still does that. And that has been consistently what I've heard from every single preschool and um, school teacher or coach that he's had. He always is helping the underdog. And I really think that that's because I didn't treat his anger as negative. I treated it as an emotion that we needed to figure out and get really curious about and not necessarily want to change in him, but to have him be aware and be aware of what his triggers are. And I hear him talking to um, other people and he actually knows that word and how to use that word um, and how to help people figure out what their triggers are. And just a really cute story is his friend, um, his best friend's brother, little brother was uh, calling another kid a wussy after he had been being a little bit picked on by this kid. And so Marley decided that he was going to go over to Quinny and say, have a man to man or man to boy talk. I think he said with him just suggesting that, you know, maybe that wasn't an appropriate response and that what he could do is look at why he felt like saying that to the other boys when they were bugging him and what he could say differently next time. And he did that all on his own. And I just was just it just made my heart all warm and fuzzy because um really that could have been him and so he is now seeing that in other people and able to help them because it has been something that he has seen and recognized in himself and dealt with it so anyways we're not responsible for another person's feelings and I want to make that clear but we can give some compassion to them or it can help us go, you know what, I'm going to find my happy place because that person's just having a bad day. And we all have them. And so it would be totally understandable if that was the case. Now, if your child um, is really wanting to make a change. And so, you know, if my son ever came to me and said, you know, mom, I would like to get fiery less often. And I don't know how to do that. And I need your help. Or I saw that it was hindering him in school or hindering him in his life. Then there would be opportunities and times where I would definitely give him some different opportunities and some different ideas of how to do that. 
We have worked with several students that have wanted to change something about themselves that wasn't effectively serving them. So for example, we had a child who was anxious around um, actually wondering where his parents were. And so in wondering where his parents are, it would actually create anxiety for him wherever he was, whether he was at home and they weren't home or he was at school and they weren't home. And so he wanted to change this. And so we did the elastic band um, exercise with him. And we've used that a lot with students and adults that I've worked with. And so what does this look like? So we look at what they want to shift. And if we can identify some patterns in what they want to shift, I would suggest first just identifying the patterns and having conversations about it, like we've already talked about um, the checking the perception of what's going on to see that if they're creating a story or not and if they're creating a story how we can talk them through the story and um, using humor is an effective strategy as well so we can use humor we can look at if the story is being created we also have to remember that we're not responsible for anybody's feelings and or um, creating that but we are just responsible for our own so when we do have people that are approaching us saying they'd like to change something like the example I, I'm going to give about the boy he wanted to start to change that so we did identify what some triggers were around that for him and so a simple exercise in this is the elastic band exercise we put the elastic band on a wrist of the child and um, this child was in high school grade um, a higher level grade and so he was really making this choice uh, aware and being very aware of making this choice and um, put the elastic band on and what happens with the elastic band are is that we uh, make ask them what conscious choice they want to make that they want to change so in this case as I mentioned the boy wanted to change his anxiety thoughts around his parents um, when they were separated from him and so what we did is he would realize the th the thought when he was having it. So the first exercises needed to be around what do these thoughts look like? What happens when these thoughts come in? And so he would know when the thought was coming in. It was a recognizable thought and he was conscious and aware of it. And so when that thought came in and he had the elastic band on, he would simply take the elastic band and put it on the other wrist. And this is a signal to his brain that, and himself, which is part of his brain, <laughs> that he was having this thought and he was something he wanted to change. So I'm having this thought, I'm aware that I'm having this thought and I don't want to have this thought. So in this case, we would go to his happy place. So what is your happy place? Well, your happy place in terms of your parents could be because we were focusing on his parents when he's home with them or when they're gonna eat dinner together or whenever the next plan he had was to see them. And so this was an important piece for him. He needed to know that there was a plan of when he was going to see them next because that would help alleviate his anxiety and talk down his story that he was creating. So he could say, okay, that's my happy place. Now, your happy place could be totally different. Your child's happy place could be totally different. And it can be anything. Um, my happy place for a while was the ocean and the beach. And so it wasn't that I physically went there every day, although I did live there for a while. But uh, it was that I would mentally go there in my head. And so that I knew that um, when I was going through something stressful, I'd kind of go inside and I'd find the ocean and the waves and that would help me deal with whatever I was dealing with. And sometimes it can be a quote that you might write down. Um, sometimes it can be an affirmation. And these are all things that we'll talk about in other podcasts. However, uh, what you need to know in this case is that for him, it, his happy place 
because of his anxiety around his parents was just that he knew he, when he would see them next. So that's what he would envision. And the purpose behind switching the elastic band, as I mentioned, was to be conscious of the thought and to consciously change that thought to a happy thought. And so what happened in, in relation to that is that he um, started to be aware of how often it was happening. And when you start to be aware of something and you're trying to change it and make it different, you're going to see that you're going to have less of that thought because you are shifting towards something different. And so what the premise behind that is then that you should start seeing that you're switching it less. And so what happens with that then is there being conscious, a person's being conscious that's using the elastic band, that their mood is changing, they don't want their mood to change, so they're going to be in control of their mood, in their mind, as opposed to that taking over them. So often you hear people saying, you know, oh, it just, that took over me or whatever feeling it was, whatever emotion it is. And so, you know what, that's fine. That can happen for sure in life and might take you over when you're really sad about something. If, if there's a loss of a loved one or, you know, something a little more traumatic is happening, go with it. And anytime I'm not saying to um, not experience emotion, I totally actually say the opposite in my podcast called ACT, which was anxiety changes things because I do believe in embracing things like anxiety and anger and using it as a tool. Um, but in this case, this was something he wanted to change. So by being actively conscious and changing his thought, his thoughts weren't in charge of him. He was in charge of his thoughts. Um, and I'm giving you this example, but we've used it many times with adults and kids, and it's quite effective. So when they put the elastic band on the other wrist, um, they're going to be watching and being aware of how often they have to change it back and forth. Psychology suggests that it takes anywhere from 22 to 90 days to change a habit. I'm going to err on the side of the 90 days. So the child would be cured from this trigger if after these 90 days they have not moved the elastic band. So really what you're doing is helping your child rewire their brain and rewire the way that they deal with what happens to them in life. Think of how much you're setting them up for success and the power that you give your child. A bully at school, a mean kid on the playground, a negative coworker, um, a bullying boss, uh, the list could go on and on and on. Boom. They've just learned that they can control their thoughts and their happy place around whatever else is happening outside of them. And in this case, the one I gave was even more powerful because it was happening internally for him. So he's fighting against himself, essentially. So I really hope that you've learned something today. Um, it's been amazing being able to translate these thoughts and these ideas and what has been in practice for 20 years in our practice and been working and now being able to share it with just so many more people. And um, it's pretty exciting. And in order to do the elastic band trick, um, it takes some careful planning and some careful uh, exploring of what the triggers are and really celebrating with your child. So not making it a punitive thing and not being like, oh, did you have to move the elastic band today? But celebrating that. What did you learn when you moved it? Why did you have to move it? Isn't that amazing that we're even having this conversation and you're going to be so much further ahead of me because I'm still learning that. I mean, imagine if that powerful message you could give your kids. And imagine if you started wearing an elastic band because maybe there's something that you would like to shift too. Thank you so much again for listening. I really appreciate it. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening from wherever you are around the world. 
great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.